few months ago, my mother-in-law gets a phone call from my daughter Elizabeth, who had just recently moved to California. The conversation started like this. Grandma, I'm in jail, and I need your help. Can you imagine a conversation starting like that? As the conversation continued, she explained that she was taking the, the kids to school, and when she came up upon this crosswalk, someone walked out into the street, and she accidentally hit this person. The police come, find out what's going on, and they put her in jail. And she says, Grandma, I am so embarrassed. Please don't tell anybody, um, but would you, would you wire me $5,000 for bail? Well, to my mother-in-law's credit, she didn't do what she was told. She called me. And as she was explaining to me everything that was going on, I was pretty shaken up, just like my mother-in-law. And finally I said, okay, let's just step back for a second, take a breath, give me some time to figure out what's going on and I'll, and I'll call you back. Long story short, it was a scam. A very elaborate and complicated scam, as it turned out, but a scam nonetheless. This person had somehow got a hold of my mother-in-law's information right down to the fact that her granddaughter had just moved to California and she was trying to deceive her in order to get money from her. Now, if you watched my uh, midweek update this week, you'll know that, that um, these kind of deceivers have been out there for a very long time in one form or fashion. The thing that scares me the most is that as uh, technology has evolved over the years, you can become so uh, convinced of the truth of what these people are saying that almost anyone can be taken in. Well, last week as we were continuing in our sermon series on the end times and the second coming of Christ, I promised you that we would be uh, talking today about the great deceiver, the Antichrist. So, if you have uh, your Bibles close at hand, I want you to open up to Revelation chapter 13. And let's get started. All right, before we get started, um, I want to confess to you that I haven't preached through um, the second coming or the end times or specifically Revelation very many times in the past because there are so many um, different things found in these prophecies that can be interpreted in thousands of different ways that I, I just found myself getting confused. And I thought if I was confused, other people would be confused too. Revelation chapter 13 is very much the same. There's lots of imagery used there that has been and could be um, interpreted in, in different ways. But there's some specifics found in Revelation 13 about the Antichrist in particular that um, I think we can learn from and we can glean from the scripture. For example, it says in Revelation 13 verse 3, it says that the beast, that's the Antichrist, the beast will receive a head wound, a fatal head wound, and he will be miraculously healed. He'll be resurrected, literally, from the dead. And people will think, that's awesome, and they, they'll, they'll want to uh, worship the beast. And, and as they begin to worship the beast, the Bible says he'll become arrogant and he'll begin to blaspheme God. And he'll begin to make fun of God, saying, why would you believe in a God like that? You need to believe in me. Um, another specific thing that we can learn from Revelation 13 is that there's actually another beast. This beast is kind of like um, the lieutenant or the right-hand man for the Antichrist. He'll have the same power and authority as did the first beast. And um, people will be 
um, uh, wanting to worship him as well, but he'll always be turning attention and devotion back to the Antichrist. There's one last um, specific detail found in Revelation 13 that I think we need to learn. It says in uh, Revelation chapter 13, verse 16, it says that uh, as those end times draw near, in order to buy and to sell, in other words, to just participate in society, it says that you're going to have to receive what is known as the mark of the beast. And you'll have to receive that mark on your hand or on your forehead. And in verse 18, it says this. It says, this requires wisdom. May the man who has insight calculate the number of the beast. It's the number of a man, and the number is this. Six, six, six. Now, what does all that mean? To be honest with you, I don't know. Apparently, I don't have the wisdom or the insight to interpret those things. But the fact is, I don't think anybody does. And I don't think we're supposed to, actually. But it, having that information that can be gleaned from, from these prophecies, from Revelation 13 in particular, is very important. Because as the days draw near, having this information and being able to kind of coordinate it with what's going on in the world um, will be very important. In other words, God will um, provide the wisdom and the insight for all these things to be put together. But if we don't have the information in the first place, we're going to miss it. We need to be prepared. Forty years ago when uh, I first started getting interested in all this stuff and trying to learn about it, um, it struck me that it was kind of like science fiction, that it would require supernatural intervention for um, any of it to occur, this end times prophecy, second coming of Christ, antichrist stuff. But here's what's interesting. In the last 40 years, technology has evolved to the point where it doesn't seem like science fiction anymore. And all these things, I can imagine because of technology, how all these things that have been prophesied could actually happen. For example, right now at this very moment, there are satellites being deployed all over the world. My wife sets out on Saturday night and watches them being deployed, literally. And it's creating like this communication network all around the world. And no matter how remote a place you may live on the earth, uh, the internet's going to be available to you and all the things that go along with it. Um, microchip technology has evolved to the point that all the pertinent information in a person's life can be contained in a microchip about the size of a grain of rice. And it could be um, your, uh, your banking information, for example. You, can, um, you wouldn't need a credit card or cash anymore. Um, you wouldn't have to worry about somebody stealing your, your stuff because it's all contained in that microchip which has been implanted in your body, maybe on your hand or your forehead, for example. That same microchip could have information about your, your um, medical conditions, whether you've been inoculated for um, the coronavirus or, or if you're in an accident, they can access that information instantly and know how to treat you uh, immediately. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Sounds kind of intriguing. And there's no doubt that this same microchip technology will have GPS capabilities as well, which means that no matter where you're at, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, somebody 
can be able to know where you're at. You'll never be lost again. It's a good thing, right? Now, does any of this mean that we are in the end times? Of course not. But doesn't it seem foolish to not know what the Bible has to say about these things? That um, as they unfold before us, and they will eventually, one day, that we will have the information necessary to um, coordinate it with what is going on in the world so that we might be able to know and discern, that Christians might be able to know and discern what is going on, what God, how God's plan is being fulfilled. We need to be prepared. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, on a day like today, it's kind of hard to imagine some of the end-time scenarios that we've been talking about recently. Uh, because it's such a beautiful day, the, the birds are singing and the sun is shining. Um, and I want to thank you for that. And it's very possible that the, the circumstances that the world is going through, that we're going through right now, really has nothing to do with these, um, with these prophecies found in Scripture. But it is very important for us as the church to know and to glean and to understand the things that we can from Scripture so that we might be prepared as those times draw near. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Earlier we sang about the fact that we can be still in our hearts and we can have peace because our ultimate hope is anchored in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And not just Christ the person, but His eventual and inevitable return. I don't know about you all, but I'm so excited when I think about the fact that one day I'm going to see Jesus face to face. Scripture has a lot to say about that, and I want to turn your attention to one passage of Scripture in particular. It's in the book of 1 Thessalonians, and it's in chapter 4. I'm going to be reading verses 13 through 17. It says this, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, that those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. As we sing, let's celebrate the fact that He will come. Yeah.
Thanks again for worshiping with us today. Happy Mother's Day to all of you out there. And one last thing before we close. Um, on May 31st, Prairie Bible Church is going to be hosting a very special event, at least I think it is. We're going to be hosting our own kind of drive-in theater, our own drive-in worship service. May 31st, as I said a moment ago, 9.30. The place where it's going to be has yet to be determined. We'll let you know about that uh, once it's nailed down in the next week or two. Uh, but it's going to be just what it sounds like. We're going to um, have everybody come. You'll be able to receive the signal from what we're uh, speaking and singing together through an FM radio channel. You'll get that information as well. Uh, we'll be practicing full social distancing, uh, so it'll be safe. But we think it'd be fun to, to, to see one another and uh, 
um, to worship the Lord together, even if it's in our cars. So uh, put that on your calendars. We'll get you the rest of the details in, in just a little bit. But um, I think it should be fun. Love you guys. Happy Mother's Day. We'll see you next week.